Uh, this is broadcast number 25 of Indie Radio. Yet another week, we're excited to go live on air. Indie Radio is an indie game development talk show, which is here to bring you interviews with both large and lesser-known developers, recap the latest news, debate about topics in indie gaming, and to give you some tips and tricks for your journey into programming. I'm your host, Brett Hudson, broadcasting live from the Midwest United States. Uh, I'm Shelby, Shelby Smith. Uh, I make games. That's pretty much it. Hi, I'm Todd. I live in Southern California, and I make small PC games. Um, Connor is running behind, but he would uh, he would be here. And I'm Alan, and I work with Connor on uh, Team Overreact. All right, and uh, hopefully Connor will be here shortly, and we're going to go on to the news. So the news isn't super long like it has been previously, and it's not super short. It's about a medium-sized load of news um, from what we thought was important. Alright, so the first bit of news, we're going to start out with the trailer for Dynamite Jack, a new game by Phil Hassey. Is that how you pronounce it right? Hassey? I'm not sure. I hope so. Alright, so he just released a trailer for the new upcoming game, Dynamite Jack. And it's about a minute long. It's it seems pretty cool. And the name of the game was Formula uh, Formerly I can't talk today. This is terrible. Uh, Anathema Mines. It's a 2D overhead view action game in which a lone space marine must sabotage and escape from an alien mining colony. Uh, the game looks pretty cool, and it doesn't really say. Um, too much about when it's specifically going to be released, but it says that it will be for Windows and Mac coming sometime in May. So we might see it in two weeks, we might see it in a little over a month. Right, another game that is uh, big right now is Fez. That just came out for the Xbox Live indie arcade thing over on the Xbox, obviously. And it just came out the other day, I believe just yesterday actually, uh, Friday, April 13th, and I've been really looking forward to playing this game. I don't own an Xbox, I have a PS3, but I'm probably going to go raid a friend's house and play this. Um, it's a really cool game. It's 3D, but at the same time it's 2D. Um, I don't really know how to explain it, but you only see the camera angle from one point, and it's flat, but when you get to the edge of the platform that you're on, it spins the whole world and then you see a different side. So, it's a lot of cubes. Um, it's produced by Polytron and um, I don't see a pricing tag on it, but I believe it's $10 or maybe 15 Yeah, yeah 800 Microsoft points, which is $10. Oh, okay. I don't know how all of that works. Microsoft, or, like, Sony just has a game is $10. <laughs> Nintendo probably has like 10,000 points or something. I don't know. Alright, uh, the new Stencilpedia is complete. We've talked about this a few times in our last few broadcasts. Uh, basically, it's complete. 
They have tons of articles in it uh, talking about how to use stencil, uh, probably some tips about game design, and it's basically just a giant documentation for stencil. And then they said that although this marks the completion of Stencilpedia for now, they shall be adding on to it to extend the coverage to new topics or shed more light on challenging ones. <clears throat> I haven't looked at it yet. Um, I'm opening it right now just to see how it's laid out to see if I can compare it. Um, okay, they have a getting started, and it um, has a few topics in that. And it looks like it's more of a chapter thing, so it kind of pushes you along your um, journey into using stencil. The first one is getting started, the second one is building logic, talking about behaviors, attributes, game attributes, events, and more behaviors. Then the third chapter is actors, fourth one is scenes, fifth game mechanics, sixth advanced topics, seventh is testing and tuning, and the eighth one is called the last 10%. And then it also has mobile chapters talking about how to create games for the iOS and also a bunch of troubleshooting how-to guides, reference, and resources to help you get your games out. Right. Also with Stencil is that they have the finishing touches on Stencil 2.0 are being put on right now and um, they said that they are targeting a launch in the April 15th to 18th range, and it's the 14th today, so it'll be out by Tuesday. And um, this was posted on the 10th, and they said that when they know for sure when it's going to be out, they'll post it. So I'm guessing it's not going to be tomorrow, probably closer to Tuesday. Alright, uh, Mojang's Notch just revealed his new title, uh, 0x10c or 0 times 10 to the C power. Anyway, it's a rather intimidating title. Kind of makes you remember algebra and makes you want to puke. But um, there's not a whole lot out about it. It takes place in the year 281, let me count, billion, 474 million, 976 million, oh shoot. Anyway, a long time into the future. And then it said, Lost people are starting to awake on a ship from an accidentally extended deep sleep to a universe on the brink of extinction. So it sounds a, um, a lot different than his previous title, Minecraft, as there's a story, and it seems that it's going to probably be a lot story-orientated. And... Um, yeah, he has a site open where you can get some more information. It is literally 0x10c.com. And he talks about some features, uh, the backstory generator and the computer, development status, documentation, and Get Connected, which are links to other stuff, such as a forum, his Twitter, and a Reddit link. Right, over at Skira, they were talking about a full-screen HTML5 gaming experiences with Construct2. And um, they basically say that a lot of people think that HTML5s can't do full-screen. And basically they are proving people wrong, saying that it can, and that it works a lot better than most people would think that it does. And the t 
uh, topic goes on about talking about how it works and some demos and uh, tweaks that they've made to really help it out. Alright, the last news article for this week is the Ludum Dare 23. It's happening next week, uh, April 20th to the 23rd. As of right now, it starts in six days, seven hours, thirty minute, or 31 minutes and 29 seconds. But what I really wanted to point out is that there are a bunch of meetup places uh, throughout the world that you can meet up with other indie game devs that are going to be in Ludum Dare. Um, there's one in Sweden, Gothenburg, uh, Paris, France, Duluth, Minnesota, Columbus, Ohio, Oslo, Norway, Sao Paulo, Brazil, San Francisco, California, that's a pretty obvious one, uh, Manchester, United Kingdom, Ki Kitchener, Ontario, Canada, Minneapolis, Minnesota, I'm actually surprised that there's two in my state. I would have never guessed that. Uh, Copenhagen, Denmark, Coventry, United Kingdom, uh, Adelaide, Australia, Aberdeen, Scotland, Omaha, Nebraska, Cleveland, Ohio, Boston, Massachusetts, and Tokyo, Japan. So if you live near any of those and you're planning on entering Ludum Dare, uh, it's obviously not required to go to any of those, but they're open for anyone who wants to um, meet up with some other indie game devs. Alright, and that's it for our news. Next up, we're going to do our interview with Shelby and Todd. So Shelby and Todd, you guys have been working on a new game called... Oh, shoot. No, I can't remember the title. It's... Chain Champ. Chain Champ. Gotcha. I was thinking Chain Climber, but I was like, no, that's not right. All right. So for our listeners, most of them probably don't know about the game yet. Uh, could you give us a little um, explanation of what exactly the game is and what it's about? You want to take that Shelby here? Uh, yeah, um, Chain Champ is a game about this, uh, guy, and he's a little spaceman guy, kind of. Um, he's an interstellar vagrant, actually. That's, that's his job title. Um, anyway, he spots a dying planet, and on that planet, there are a bunch of birds that can't get off the planet. So Champ decides to go to the planet and, uh, save the birds. However, the gravity is so strong that he cannot walk around, so he must use his chain arm to, to swing around and maneuver the planet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the game does have a lot of grappling action, since that's obviously the main uh, way to move around. Um, I do like the concept. Um, I didn't really read through the introduction because... I didn't know that there was an introduction, and I walked away from my computer, but um, I was a bit surprised when I couldn't move around, and then I was like, okay, so I used a grappling hook, obviously, and it's a lot different than I expected it to be, because um, you guys decided to have it so 
you shoot it and then you swing. Whereas you don't really press left or right to control the speed or up or down to control the length, which I thought <clears throat> um, adds a lot of difficulty to it, which I like because a lot of games nowadays are pretty simple. So, can, uh, good job on that. Thanks. Thank you. Somebody kind of equated it to like the Ninja Rope in Worms. <laughs> I don't know if you played that, but um, I think I have. I'm not sure though. Where did you guys get the idea for this game? Um, well, this is our first game working together, and uh, I just decided one day, like, man, I need to start kind of networking, and I'm, I've only started developing games recently, and within the past year or so, and uh, so I just shot Shelby an email, and uh, so we just started chatting on Skype, and he's like, yeah, I have this idea, it'd be cool to, it was, it's, the idea is totally not like how the game turned out, but it basically was, he had an idea about putting a, a plug inside of a wall. And then mm -hmm. yanking out the plug and, like, kind of, like, yanking out, like, the vacuum plug or something out of a wall and hitting enemies with it. But so we kind of just went from there. I did a little mock-up and um, and then just kind of evolved as we went with it. And uh, we wanted to, this is funny, we kind of wanted it to be pretty pretty small game just to try out, see how, like, we work together and, uh, and uh, kind of exploded a little bit. <laughs> but it's, it's been really fun, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't play through a whole lot of the game. Um, probably just two levels. I couldn't beat one of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I did enjoy it. Um, it's definitely... I, I honestly wouldn't have guessed that you've only been in game development for a year, Todd. Um, I've known Shelby for a while. But, um, one thing that I think... Um, uh, I would like in the game would be some form of checkpoints, and I was thinking, you know, they would definitely tone down the difficulty, so perhaps you guys could have an option in the options menu whether to turn on checkpoints or not, because hmm. <laughs> I got a bit mad, because I kept dying, and I'm like, no! Um, Straight back to the beginning of the level. <laughs> yep. Um, how long have you guys been working on the game? Um, we started about, I think it was March, the first week of March, or the second week of March. Uh, so about a month. Oh, wow. Did you guys just work on it all day and night? <laughs> <laughs> after school, after work, you know, yeah. whenever we can. Gotcha. Um, you guys did make it with Game Maker, correct? Yes. Yes, all right. Alright, um, I'm going to go off from the game a bit and uh, ask you guys about the teamwork aspect, um, kind of as like a post-mortem. What did you guys find was difficult with working with each other? Um, just from, from like making my past games, it was really, I don't know, it's like I could just, it's, it's, it's totally a different kind of, it's just a lot different working with, with somebody. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was definitely a, a cool experience. And, and maybe sometimes taking a backseat to, to try somebody, like, try your uh, your teammate's idea. And, um, and saying, okay, yeah, let's, let's go with that. Let's try that. Instead of uh, just all the time. I don't know. It's, I guess everybody, well, me especially, I have, like, a vision of what 
I want something to be, and I'm kind of hard-headed about it sometimes, I think. So this has been good practice, just try to, to try to take the back seat and, and go with other ideas. It's been really cool, that aspect of it. Yeah, um, I had actually wanted to uh, make the game procedurally generated and like a, you know, like a fast-paced escape, whatever. It was going to be really lame. I'm glad that uh, Todd had that idea of making levels in. That was actually really good practice because I've never made a game with uh, with levels before, but uh, I think it worked out really well. All right, if you guys would have done something differently uh, during the whole process, uh, what would you have done to uh, make the process or the game better? Comments mm. my code. <laughs> I did not write one single comment, and it every time I have to to change something or or whatever, it's just a wreck. Where did I create those cloud objects, or <laughs> in the player object? Is <laughs> oh, that's that's rough. How many lines of code do you think you wrote? Um, estimate I'd say twenty five hundred or so. I guess you can't really easily check with GameMaker. Yeah, there's a few tools, but they're all, you know, not active anymore. They don't work. Yeah. I I usually over-comment my stuff. Other people that look in my code are like, What the hell are you doing? They're all mad because it's all green. Um, so... Uh, do you guys think that you will stay a team and create other games as well? Uh, I think so. I, I had a blast working with Todd. Um, it was real nice working because uh, he had someone to rely on to keep you going. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I wanted to just drop a project and, and move on with something else. But, uh, yeah, I think so. What do you think, Todd? Yeah, it's, I'd say definitely. It's it's fun and uh it's definitely a lot easier to it cuts the work. Well, I guess cuts it. Two people get more than twice as much done as like one person. It seems like, and uh, so we're able to work quickly. And it's definitely cool. Uh, just like uh, Shelby mentioned, the motivation factor mm -hmm. is uh, it's just boosted when you have somebody depending on you. Or uh, yeah, it's just been cool. All right, I'm gonna go to you, Shelby. Uh, what are some of your games? that you've made in the past that uh, you feel that you're well known for some of your better games? Uh, I've only made a few games. Uh, only finished a few games, actually. But uh, one of my Loot and Dare entries, uh, Escape Infinity, I think that was a pretty good success. Never did finish it. But uh, also Sushi Robo, uh, didn't finish that one either, actually. But uh, it's a game about robots and you spawn little robot helpers by collecting parts from the robots you defeat. And it's like a, a shoot em up and kind of like a shoot em up strategy combo. Uh, I think that's one of my most popular games, actually. Uh, how about you, Todd? Have you made any other games besides this? Yeah. Um, my first game was called Despot. I made it for the uh, TIGS uh, versus Compo. And I think that was their last competition in your game. It's basically uh, just a two-player, kind of, I guess kind of like a, a Pikmin deathmatch where you run around trying to grab crystals to create more offspring. Then you just rush them at each other, and it's kind of like a Pikmin deathmatch slash shoot them up 
And um, then my next game was called Doppler, and you play like a little scientist guy, and you run around and, and dodging. It's kind of like a um, like an avoidance game. You dodge falling clouds and try to collect little water drops. And um, my most recent game was called Blitzmeet, and it's another uh, versus game. And uh, you're basically in an arena, and you play against a friend as you're like these little knights on two sides of an arena and it's basically like like pong but with platforming elements and then there's different power-ups and stuff you can get and uh i'll post a link in the in the chat so if you guys want to check them out too on my website mm-hmm. um and by chat he's referring to our irc if you guys aren't in there it's just um indie functions the channel it's on the irc.afternet.net network or is it no afternet.org i'm sorry so if you guys want to jump in there um you can ask the developer's questions, <clears throat> and uh, if you don't have an IRC client or anything, we do have a link on our Twitter, twitter.com slash IndieFunction, and you can look, uh, jump on there and grab the link from there and chat with us. Um, so, hmm, I'm trying to think of another question. It's just had a major brain fart. Oh! Uh, who did the graphics and who did the sound work? Um, I I did most of the art for the game, and uh, sometimes Shelby would make a like make some mock-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like the there's some blocks in the game where it's like a key, and you have to swing from it to unlock the corresponding color. And, and Shelby did kind of the first mock-up art of it, and then I would take it and and um, just revamp it a bit. Um, and then uh, Shelby did the, the sound effects and the programming. And then um, I worked on the music. Oh, cool. When, when Todd says mock-ups, it's like a scribble. I mean, Todd's <laughs> art is really fantastic, and it's it doesn't... I mean, mine doesn't hold a candle to it. I don't know why Todd's making my, my mock-up, or my <laughs> scribble, rather, sound so good. <laughs> so, I don't believe the game's... Uh, officially released yet, right? No. Okay. Um, when are you guys planning on releasing it? Um, we're planning on finishing up uh, next weekend will be the release. Perfect. Um, with our next broadcast, we can probably put the link in the description. Cool. Not. Um, um, oh, uh, I have a question. Do you guys have any uh, plans for a future game? If you are going to keep working together, have you thought about any other games uh, while you were working together? Uh, just kind of throwing around like unofficial ideas. Like sometimes, if either at work or school, have little ideas and just chat about it a bit on Skype, but nothing official yet. No. Um, hello, people in the IRC. Does anybody have a question? Oh, uh, C.S. Erickson said that he likes your art, Todd. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, come on. Ari, Neotalon, sir, anyone? Hmm. Oh, Neon Ta- Talon asks, any platform games advice? Um, do you mean design advice or programming advice? Uh, D engine wise. Oh, engine wise. Okay. <laughs> um, 
you know, making a platform game was a totally new experience to me. Uh, I had actually been very frustrated because I could not make one before. And, in fact, I've even resented games for being platformers just because they're so... I, I can't make one, and that frustrated me. So I just decided to go for it. Um, Todd kind of helped with that a little bit, just giving motivation, giving advice. Um, he actually helped fix a lot of bugs, too. But um, don't be afraid to uh, use Game Maker's built-in uh, speed stuff. I would recommend against solid, though. Do not use the solid variables. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, those change settings of all your stuff. It's frustrating. Yeah, Game Maker has some nice collision codes that you can use. Um, uh, like, uh, if, if you're colliding with just a basic object, and if you are, just stop your guy from moving, obviously. <laughs> Um, Ari said, what's a good way to set up a timeline so you don't give up on your project halfway through? Um, I'd say when you start out, um, just kind of plan a scope of, of how big you want it to be. That, I think, for me, that's been the most important thing. Just have an idea of where you want to take it and, and how big it's going to be. Right, um... Cameron Erickson asks, Todd, will you marry me? <laughs> He's just laughed. I'm sorry. Do you want to answer that, Shelby? Or... <laughs> I, I, on Todd's behalf? <laughs> no. <laughs> sorry. sorry, Cameron. All right, Ari asks, uh, what should I focus on when making a platformer? Enemies or the story? Um. Simultaneous. <laughs> <laughs> um. Doesn't uh, echo. I would say neither, really. I would say focus on the mechanics first. Um, in our case, it was the grappling mechanic. That was the first thing we put in the game. Um, and then enemies and other environmental features like the block types in our game. And then from there, do the story. Uh, Todd, you want to add anything to that? Mm, sounds good. That's about how we did it. Yeah, I would have to agree with you guys. You know, make sure that you have a solid engine, because if the game's not fun, the character's not going to... Or, I mean, the player's not going to care about enemies or the story if the engine sucks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Jeez, people keep joining our IRC. So happy. <laughs> All right. Okay, Ari has a graphics question. And Orange also asked if they can have screenshots of the game. So if one of you guys wants to post some screenshots, you can. You don't have to. Um, okay, so Ari, what's your question? Let's just sit here in silence. Okay, Ari asked, um, do, do you think it's better to make parts of sprites and animate them on the run or combine them before run? Um, do, you, do you mean having like a, like separate body parts and kind of animating it that way? Is that what you're talking about? He said yeah. Um, for me, I, I kind of start with kind of a basic pose for my sprites. 
like if it's a like an enemy or a character. And then from there, I'll, I don't really break it up into body parts, but I use graphic scale. And when I make a new frame, I usually kind of cut up the body parts and shift them a bit, and then clean up the sprites, like clean up the the pixels each frame to kind of make it flow well. And so that's how I pretty much do it. Yeah, I love graphic scale. <laughs> I've used graphic scale a few times. I used to have it on my flash drive. I lost it. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, awesome. it's free. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then Cameron Erickson's bragging about his Photoshop. <laughs> I honestly don't think Photoshop's for uh, spreading for games, though. It's more... Obviously, photo oriented. Yeah, I usually use it just for mockups or making uh, concept type art. Mm -hmm. Okay, Ari. I'm not really. Oh, sorry. I'm not really experienced in doing pixel art with Photoshop at all. all right. Ari asked uh, what we th yeah, what we think of a Kickstarter project uh, called Sprider Have either of you guys heard of that? Let's see. I have heard of it, but I don't know too much about it. And as not an artist, um, it sounds fairly interesting, um, especially with the animation techniques that it uses by tweening the, the body parts between keyframes. Mm -hmm. right. Ari said that it's a cool concept. Um <laughs> Uh, oh, and another person just joined the chat. Alright, that's now question. How do you break up monotony in building levels for platforming games? Uh, what we did is uh, we kind of broke... There's going to be uh, six islands in our game. And basically there's uh, two easy ones, two medium ones, and two hard ones. And uh, for each one, for easy, medium, and hard, we kind of uh, introduce mechanics based on that so the easy ones can just have like the most basic mechanics of the game and then the hard ones can have a lot of more stuff like moving platforms you can grapple to and, and key blocks that you could use so that kind of uh breaks it up a bit you know talent asks have you ever thought about a 3d game uh we've <laughs> thought about it um it's a lot more difficult but uh i would love to make one Jeez, there's a lot of questions now. Uh, Ari also asked, what do you think about one-level tricks? Never use them, always integrate things into lumps? Some levels do have, like, a, a one main uh, challenge or mechanic, but most don't. Um, it's likely a byproduct of both of us working on the levels. But uh, some levels, I mean... Some levels that have one main challenge, I think it would be appropriate to, for it to be difficult. But uh, I don't know. It's it's pretty varied in our game. All right. Orange says, um, a question is coming. What are you trying to accomplish with this game? That's a tough one. Um, Todd, you want to take that? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he's laughing evilly. Um, I don't know, just having fun with it, you know. Um, that's pretty much 
that's been our main goal, I guess. Just make a cool game. I don't nothing too complex. Yeah. Just hopefully people enjoy it. Sir also has a question. And then Orange said, so, no moral to the story? <laughs> um, not really. I guess it's just the story. Oh, no, it's... I actually formulated the idea for the story, so me, he might have a, a conclusion. Oh, um, I thought he meant um, what we were trying to, just completing the game. I didn't know if he was talking about the story or not. But you're basically just trying to, you have a soft spot for large flightless birds and you're trying to get off this planet with them. That's pretty much it. Um, Sir asks, do you find it wrong to use other people's sprites as placeholders? Uh, As placeholders, I don't think so. But if you're going to use them in your game, you ought to credit the the artist. But, um, yeah, uh... I would say it's fine as long as you use them for placeholders. And um, I had done this before, but I had never shown the game with placeholders to anyone. Uh, just some rules of thumb. It's perfectly all right to use rectangles or whatever for placeholders. <laughs> I mean, that's what I usually do because I'm too lazy yeah. to look up Mario sprites or whatever. <laughs> I believe that's a new person arriving. Could it be Connor? Yes, it could be. Yes, it is. I'm here. Sorry, I had a family emergency, so... Um, But I did just hear something that I do often, so that was pretty cool that you use rectangles. I I think it's definitely too much work to go find sprites and use them as placeholders. (laughs) Alright, Kalzme. Hopefully I said that right. It's an interesting name. K-A-L-Z-M-E. Question, was there any particular reason you chose to make it in Game Maker? Um, we were both familiar with it. Uh, all of our prior projects uh, were made in Game Maker, I believe. All of mine were, I'm not sure about Todd's, but, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's just, the development pipeline is very accelerated. Um, there's nothing like it out there in terms of finishing your game uh, on time and and getting it up fast to test if it works or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it's with it's for Windows, not HTML5. Uh, Adis asked who's talking. He's quite uh, confused. Um, this is Brett talking, and then Shelby. I'm Shelby. And, then and Todd. this is Todd. <laughs> Who's <Bam. sniffing? laughs> Every voice is the same. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk like this. <laughs> yeah, Ari, the stream's back off. Adis says he recognizes your sexy voice. <laughs> I'm not sure who... Oh, he's talking to me. Now I'm really concerned. Yeah, <laughs> good for radio. Well, thank you. <laughs> Alright. Um, any more questions uh, before we move on to the next segment? Oh, Orange has a question. Now we sit here and wait. <laughs> 
he is typing. Hopefully. Unless he died. <laughs> oh, he asked, do you guys know how the game will end yet? Yes. Uh, yeah, we thought about it. Um, Todd, you want to explain? Uh, I think we should let him find out. I think should so let him too. play it. <laughs> Lots of Perfect. running and cherry blossoms falling. Mm Sell <laughs> <laughs> asked what game. So the whole point of this interview is we're talking about their game Chain Maybe I should post a Chain Sorry, Chump. Chain Chump, right? Chain Champ. Chain Champ. <laughs> chain I Chump. can't get this right. Chain Chump. Man, you must hate me. I'm a terrible interviewer, no. Here, I'll post a I'll post a video on the IRC chat. Just like, uh, this is kind of an early video, but pretty close. Yep. So Seasons just posted a YouTube link in our chat. Um, also, could you send me that link uh, in our private chat after the show so I can put it up on the... Uh, oh, sweet. This does look well? really cool. This is the first no time problem. I'm looking at it. Thank you. Um, are one of you the artist? Yeah, that's yep. me. Oh, man, yeah, I love the art style. It's really neat. All right, anything else before we move on to a little checkup with Overreact? <laughs> oh, Shelby and uh, Todd, a bunch of people are talking about the game in the chat, if you want to go look at that. All right. Oh, that snail. Uh, do you prefer making puzzle-based levels, or are you more adventure-orientated? Hmm. Um, <laughs> level design was completely new to me, um, so I was kind of having trouble finding my style at first. I made a lot of test levels. Most of them were scrapped, but uh, I like doing puzzles, but I also like doing the adventure, so mine are kind of a hybrid, I would say. Yeah, a lot of the levels... Uh... They're uh, they're part of an island. There's like four level or four levels per island, and most of them are uh, like continuous. Like you'll notice, you're going from one part of the island to the other. So it does kind of add an adventure element while there's kind of small puzzles on each level. All right, one last question. Hopefully, it'll be a good one, not a smart ass one like we get sometimes. <laughs> Last question. Somebody put it up. So. Sure, so you can post the question. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> All right, Ari asks, "How do I shoot web?" Press the Z, Z key. key. All right. <laughs> <laughs> or not shoot how do I shot uh, I don't either a what a great last question <laughs> yes alright well thanks for being on the show Shelby and Todd um, send us the link when you have it um, out and we'll put it on Twitter and whatnot. okay thanks for having us yep yeah thank you very much yep catch you guys later alright next up I gotta grab the music get us pumped for the next segment, but Alan and Connor are both here, so we're going to jump to the overreact inter, or not interview, a little checkup.
see how they're doing on their game. Catter and Ellen, um, how are things going with Overreact? Um, well, this is Connor speaking, for those who are confused about voices, um, and it's going pretty well, actually. We're, we're a little, going a little slower than you've seen in our past blog posts, if you have been keeping up with our blog. If you guys want to go on our blog, it's overreactblog.blogspot.com. Um, I actually made a post today and we are talking about how we are doing with the coding and looking at our next date for our next release in the tech demo stages. So I'll let Alan go over that because it's more technical stuff. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, we've actually been having quite an exciting month. Um, uh, I'll just give you a little bit of inside information on what, uh, what's been going on with us and uh, some, something we've been doing with our blog. We, uh, when we first started our blog... It was over a, a year and a couple months ago, and March was a huge month for us uh, because we were working really hard then. And so this March came around, and we were we were in a good mood to work hard again. So we decided to try to beat our um, last year's March month, and we managed to beat it. We got an all-time new high score. So thank you to you guys who have been looking at our blog and keeping up. That's been yeah. <laughs> it's been great. We've loved all the uh, the traffic we've been getting. Then another thing that's helped is that we've been uh, putting out a lot of um, tech demos. We've put out quite a few during March, and during uh, March we were able to get one closed demo where we were just testing some networking stuff out before we opened it up. We had a good uh, we had a good um, run with uh, 1.0 tech and 1.1 tech, and we're just testing things out, getting chats working, stuff like that. Um, and now we are taking a, uh, not a break, but an extended time to work on 1.2. And the 1.2 demo is going to have a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, new things that we haven't seen in 1.1 if you've played it. And it's going to take the game from being, uh, just, just like us testing out what we can do to actually making it a fun game for everyone to play more than it has. Yeah. Um, it will have a goal. It will have a goal this time. Like, um, if you've been on the tech demos, we've, we've actually, like, had some really boring times on there. People come <laughs> on, like, hey, what is there to do? And it's like, oh, we can play tag. So, I mean, yeah, it, it was kind of boring, but this next update is actually going to re- introduce, like, some real features into the game that will actually keep you on for a lot longer, even with or without other people, if they're online or not. Um, like, for example, one of the features that we're going to be introducing is hunting, um, and you're going to have, like, a spear, and you're going to be able to hunt certain shanimals and take their stuff and put it in your inventory <laughs> and go back to town. It'll be a lot more objective. Um, anything else you want to add, Ed? Um. What are some other features that we want to... Oh, okay, well, one thing, <laughs> one reason that's actually taken us... It's that we took more time on this one was that we're introducing party systems. So 
up until now, you've been able to see everyone in the cities, as we've been calling them, just the areas where everyone is together. And you've noticed that there's these, if you've played, that there's these really short rooms that connect different cities, and you never see other people in those rooms. That's because those are the wildernesses of the game. Those are like the infant wildernesses. And the problem the wildernesses have so far is that you can't make a party to enter the wilderness, which is the big design idea of the game, is that you're going to... You're going to be in the city, and you're going to meet your friend, meet up with your friends, form a party, and then go into the wilderness and do your exploring. So that's another thing that we're adding to this one, so that you can go with your friends into the wilderness to do this hunting and gathering stage, and you know have a blast with just a few people in the wilderness. Yeah, parties are definitely a big one. People people get confused. They're like, "Hey, how come you guys aren't in this room, and I can't see you?" <laughs> <laughs> It, we're, we're slowly inching our way up. So, I mean, it, it's definitely a game that's going to be evolving. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. why not start now where, you know, we can we can start life where it's just like the first thing you could do was tag. You know what I mean? You, you didn't have a spear yet. <laughs> um, Sirish has asked what kind of game it is, top-down platformer or 3D or whatnot. Well, <laughs> um, it's a platformer game. Uh, so it's obviously 2D platformer. And the graphic style is basically like Angry Birds and Castle Crashers. So, yeah, and it uses like realistic physics, not in the cities, but in the wildernesses where most of the adventure gameplay happens. You're going to have um, box 2D physics going on. Um, yeah, and the. Um, I don't think we've actually said these three letters yet, but it's an MMO. Yes, yeah. If anyone doesn't know about the game, it is an. It's a massive multiplayer online game. Massive. <laughs> Huge. Sirs <laughs> all surprised. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are surprised when we tell them that it's it's actually online. Because um, usually I explain the game and I explain all the features of the game and they're like, wow, that sounds really cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's an MMO. And they're like, uh, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> nice squeeze <laughs> I leave that until the end. <laughs> All right. It seems like a per- it seems like a perfectly legit game aside from the MMO part. <laughs> so uh, your guys's uh, URL, um, it's team overreact or is it overreact.blogspot.com? So, yeah, it's overreact blog because someone took overreact.blogspot. Here, I'll I'll give you a link in the Skype. I'm going to actually go on the IRC. All right. <clears throat> there he goes. The link. Give it to him. All right. I just posted in the IRC for everyone. Um, basically, we've had Overreact on the show twice before. Uh, we've done interviews with them and, you know, talked to them about this. But now what we're planning on doing is we're not going to call them interviews anymore, and they're not really going to be questions. Um, basically, they're going to be little checkups to see how the game's coming. Basically, they'll just jump on, uh, chat with us, talk about how the game's coming along, what challenges is they've yeah. had this month, et cetera, et cetera. So it's more of a information than an interview. It's like a check-in. Which is what well, we're um, One thing I actually do want to bring up for you, I know for the listeners that haven't even heard about the game, um, I know that everybody here has heard about Kickstarter. Um, it's nothing new, mm-hmm. um, obviously. So we're actually doing a Kickstarter. We've been planning on doing a Kickstarter for like maybe six, seven months now. But a lot of we had a lot of setbacks, and we just were more worried about developing the game to show people in the Kickstarter what it's about. Um, so we're hoping by the end of the month that we can we can get the Kickstarter by uh, um, like launching. We're actually doing the filming today after this um, this check in, 
and nice. that's probably going to be the last of our film, and then we're just going to start editing. So basically, anyone out there that's really interested in the game, we're going to have a Kickstarter up by the end of the month, and I think that should you should totally check that out. Because <laughs> we need all the support we can get. We're just a few guys communicating over the internet. None of us actually, you know, living in the same area. So it's like twelve people. <laughs> but and then yeah, you guys are going to take all the money and meet up, right? Just play for. Or pay for the plane tickets to meet up, hang out for a few days, and then <laughs> yeah. be broke again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> hoping, really, to start a, to get a studio started up. But, um, I mean, obviously, that's going to be a long process that, because of money issues, mainly. Um, so, once I do, we do accumulate enough money where we can get a studio, and some of us are able to actually move to the studio, that's totally going to happen. It's not, it's not something that we think is impossible. It's definitely, because the Internet is definitely not the best way to communicate. It's, it's the best way to communicate, but it's not the best way to make a game as a team. That's what <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not easy. <laughs> it does have its downfalls. So this people who cares thing on the left side of your Overreact blog is that like <laughs> what? What exactly is that? I remember. I, I, it's funny because I just noticed that that was the, the title. I forgot I put it there. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's there's six thousand seven hundred seventy five people who care. Um, they're just the people who look at our blog because it's just it's just the views on our blog. Yeah, it is just the views, but but we say that you we know you guys care. You didn't accidentally get here. It's kind of <laughs> hard to accidentally stumble upon the overreact blog. Ooh, look at that sexy donate button. <laughs> yeah, man, that thing is just sitting over there. It's pretty rusty. I don't think it's yeah. going to take very much. Right. I bet it would appreciate being tickled by your mouse cursor. <laughs> Man. So, one thing that I wanted you to focus now we're looking at the blog. The, uh, we have a vote going on. There's three more days left to vote. So, here's the deal. Quest is totally outrunning Mercantile and Buildings for 2.0. So, if there's anybody <laughs> who thinks they can turn it around... That'd be crazy. <laughs> Connor and I made a list of three things we wanted, and Quest was the one thing we both didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's crushing the other two. It's crushing. <laughs> so, anyone who likes Mercantile, I mean, come on. You know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess that's basically it. We had our Kickstarter and the voting and a little bit going on uh, 1.2 keep calling it 1.3, but it's 1.2. Um, is there any questions? Any, any concerns of our listeners? I'm, I'm going to throw out a really crazy question. What are you guys planning on doing when you're done with AST? Whew. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question because, like, I haven't really put that in my time frame. So, like, it's kind of just been like, AST is just going to exist all the time. And it's kind of just like, it's going to be like a, a baby, you know what I mean? Eventually it's going to grow up and die. <laughs> <laughs> no, but That's no, terrible. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, I mean, eventually all games come to an end where people are just like, okay, the future has happened. So, I mean, I guess then. I, I guess then I'd be interested in doing whatever the I know, future I know so. that in the past... Not within the last year, but before we started getting really serious about making this in C++ and getting the team together on Skype and all that kind of stuff, 
we had done, we had plans for two more games after the after Shaman's Tale, and we'd always said, you know, this will be something that'll take a while for us to get to, but let's keep it. But I don't know if that's actually going to happen. If we're even going to continue making computer games, like that's certainly a possibility. But we're also all interested in making iPhone games, making Xbox Live games, anything. So it it, it could really go anyway. Once we're done, yeah. Have a, I mean, want to I, I can I can kind of give them an insight on on like what the project we might be interested in making. Um, we have like uh, like this little bag of projects that we said would man, this would be a cool game. Um, none of them have seemed to top a Shaping's Tale, so that's kind of a problem. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I guess not not for Blizzard. They did they did it well, but. But anyways, there's there's this other game that we we're thinking about making. It's called Item Man, and this is actually a game that Alan has worked on before we got together in a team. And that game is is it's pretty interesting. It's I I can let Alan explain his game. Um. Well, the game I, I don't even know what inspired it, but since I've seen it, I've seen like it, there's I don't know if anyone has watches a lot of sci-fi channel, but there's this, this show called Warehouse 13, and I was kind of, not upset, but inspired again, because it was exactly what I had been thinking of, basically. And that's that there's this character who just goes out, and there's these items in the world to give him different powers, and depending on, you can equip, like, six different items, you just can do all sorts of great stuff. So, like, in the game, um, you'd be going through, and there were places you couldn't get to, and then you'd find this cape, and all of a sudden you could, like, jump off of walls. Like, it gave you the wall-bouncing ability, so, to have this cape on, so you could then go to this other place, and you just, the original game wasn't, it was actually um, a straightforward, like, platformer. It wasn't linear, except that, like, it was, you had only had one path to go, but it was, like, a curled-up path that you kept on going over the same place, but taking different routes because you had new powers. But the game now, as Connor and I did talk about a little bit, is kind of an open-world explorer, um, and with sort of, we've talked about different ways of maybe having, like, an episodic story or um, just, you know, one sort of world without with a bunch of mini stories, or we don't, you know, it's not a, it's not as planned out. So I don't have all the great, awesome details to be like, oh, and this is the new thing we're going to do with the game. But it's kind of how it's gone, as we thought it would be an open world at this point. I had a really similar yeah. idea this morning for a game like that. That's kind of weird. <laughs> like, oh yeah, sure. they, okay. they can go around <laughs> the world and they can equip these things, but they can only equip so many at a time. But each one gives them a different power. That's basically you guys' idea in that show. <laughs> well, we'll see who makes it first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we another, get done with the Shaping's Tale in time. Yeah, there's another. <laughs> there's one other game, actually, that is a, a project I started making on um, in Game Maker. We are working on the forums, making it as a collaboration project with the community on the Yo-Yo Games forums, not GMC. Um, obviously, it didn't turn out because they never do. Um so I was like, this is a good idea that we kind of all came up with. Let me just take it and put it in my bag of ideas because this is a great idea. <laughs> so um, it ended up being like a whole different thing after we analyzed it a little bit. And it's this game called Prodigy Element. And you're <laughs> you're this guy who has a specific ele- birth element. Like everybody's born with a birth element. Like the, Not everybody, but these mutants, kind of like X-Men thing. Um, they're all born with a birth element, and like you get, you're born with one that they can't track, so they have to give you one in order to get rid of both of them because there's it's like an agency trying to destroy the mutants, and it's pretty cool because we were thinking about making making a whole bunch of different element combinations and stuff for all these spellcasters mm-hmm. to do different things in the game, and um, obviously we were thinking about online for it, but hey. <laughs> One interesting thing that we... I'm not sure if this is completely decided on. Again, this is an idea that has some abstract 
I like things attached to it, but it's totally underdeveloped. But one thing that I like about this one is that we've discussed it becoming the first 3D game we make. We're thinking about maybe an isometric 3D view on this one, which would be fun yeah. to try out. Yeah, and then, I mean, we also have our first-person shooter games that we love to, like, think about and then recognize how they are just like COD. So, it's kind of, that's an iffy territory. <laughs> but, yeah, not not much, I guess, after Shapian's Tale. <laughs> that we can think of. Gotcha. <clears throat> so, tell us about this dream of a, um, a, uh, Shoot, what's it called? A uh, center? Right. Where you guys would all meet up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well... Um, An office building, I would, whatever. Um, I'm not exactly sure where we were going to base our office out of. Uh, there's a lot of, like, places that I'm really interested in, and, like, places, obviously, that would be good for games. Um, I know where I am is in Philadelphia, PA... Um, there's actually another studio that just opened up in like in Center City, which is downtown, and it's like the only game studio in Philly. And like, although that seems like a it's it's like cool, but it's kind of like bad. You know what I mean? Like you're not really going to get a lot of attention down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I mean, you're a game studio, so how much attention do you need? So I mean, all these all <laughs> these things go in when we're thinking about where we want our studio to be and how this meetup will be. So the studio is really undecided, but the meetup has definitely been talked about. <laughs> So, um, so we always imagine that there's going to be like one day where I call Alan up and I'm like, dude, today's the day. (laughs) And like, whatever his job was at the moment, he just quit. You know what I mean? Because he knows that we already planned on this meeting. So that's kind of how I expect it to go. Like one day I'm like, Hey, I just bought a studio. I'm not going to call Alan up and be like, yo, I bought a studio. I'm just going to call him up and say, today's the day. That's actually like the code word. It's like a code word. Yeah. So I guess that's how the, the dream meeting place would start. <laughs> Silly but true. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Would San Francisco be along, or be among any of your ideas of where well, you want to go? Um, so there's a lot of indies on there. Yeah, there is. I mean, there's also a lot of indie studios in Boston. Yeah, I, Boston's one I've been uh, pulling for. Um, yeah, and Boston, although I, I, I hated every experience I've had in Boston, um, I, I, I th- I'll think about it. I mean, I hate their hockey team, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but San Francisco, see, the reason I think that would be a, the biggest problem is because the majority of the team is actually on the East Coast. Like, in the same time zone, which is convenient. Gotcha. So, so there's, I think our composer, he's in Texas. So like, he's the closest to San Francisco. Yeah, he's the, he's the one that's farthest that direction. What I would say is if he bought the studio in San Francisco, I would move there. I would, I would, I would, which he's not going to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not even, (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely unlikely. But yeah. I don't know. That dream meetup's going to be a day, though. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> anything else? Um, I don't have anything else, but uh, anyone over in the IRC uh, have any I mean, questions? Yeah, any question dealing with Overreact or where Shapian's tell more specifically? <laughs> well, what you guys could do is you could 
set up a place down in Florida, and then when I'm in college at Full Sail, <laughs> I could meet up with you guys and we could do a live interview. Oh, cool idea. Oh, that's so sweet. That would be that's pretty cool, actually. That's a terrible idea. It's not a terrible idea. I mean, aside from the hurricanes, it's not a terrible idea. <laughs> I mean, there's beautiful scenery, you know, lots of people, hot chicks. It's all there. It's all there. Yeah. <laughs> old people. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's true. It's, it's old yeah. people and young people in Florida. It's weird. Basically. <laughs> all right. Uh, Shelby asks, MMOs are notoriously hard to make. What is your progress on your project? Also, how difficult has it been making an MMO for the first time? Uh... You can take it off, Alan. Yeah, I was going to say, this is kind of, not directly, but it's kind of a programming question. <laughs> Especially from the programming point of view, it's been a challenge because, uh, for one thing, there's not a lot of work that's been done in C++ for good, free libraries that work well and that are documented well and that you have a huge commitment for. You know, all of the neat things that you, like, in, for example, in Box2D... If you have a problem, there's tons of forums where you can ask, and it's got a good documentation. Box2D, even though it's a bit of a kind of a contrived library, is really just great to use because of all the support you can get from people. Um, but with networking, there's either either it doesn't have enough functionality uh, for you to really like springboard off it. Like there's tons of work for you to do in building more networking code that you know is generic, or there's the, the one exception to that that we've found is this networking library called RackNet. And RackNet has been great for a, a few things and terrible for a few things. And um, that's what we're using now is RackNet. But the, the big problem with RackNet is that it's got such a small community that you can't get the help you need sometimes. You'll ask a question and no one, because no one, unlike a lot of things, this is like, you'll have a problem and you'll be the first person who's ever really had this particular situation just because it's small. But the library is great and I'm not sure why the community for it is so small. Um, if it was a little better documented, that would help too. Um, some people love the documentation, but I have, I personally have trouble with it. Um, yeah, that's been the big problem from a programming point of view is just getting the, the, the networking tools for C++ <laughs> are not as great as the tools for a lot of other things. I know from the design point of view, Connor and I have gone through a lot of stuff, too, oh, man. Um, of how we want our MMO to work, because there's kind of, you know, there's a generic MMO setup where you just you have a big world and you throw people in there, but we felt like that was not necessarily the best solution to making it our MMO, at least. Yeah, I'd definitely say one of the hardest things making the MMO, because I'm, let me just start by saying when we first started making the game, or when I first started making the game, which was about three years ago in Game Maker, there was no intent of it being online. You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of an idea, like, because I was, like, a foolish little game designer who was like, <laughs> yeah, it, oh, was... it could be online. Anything and, goes like, back then. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I got this huge team together and, like, like, snap. I don't even know how, but I had 15 people on my team. Um, it was crazy. And then, like, eventually everybody quit, and then Alan came. And then there was, like, talk about making it online. Once we got one of our programmers, um, Tyler, if, if you know him in any forums, his name's GZ, um, he really convinced us to make it online and, and, and in C++ as well. So 
once we decided to do that, a lot of our design plans had to change. And we spent about two years thinking about how the game would work and how all of our pieces of the game would fit together now that it had to be online. Um, and I think the biggest problem was with our puzzles and, oh, yeah. and the, the way all the adventuring would work. Because when we were making the game, it was from a single-player standpoint. So you have like NPCs coming out and waves of enemies triggering when you get to certain points in the wilderness. Um, but when you look at games like WoW, you know, there's not things like that. It's just you go out there and there's there's monsters out there in a cave that you can go into, and then that's another thing with just monsters in it. So, I mean, it's really bare bones, and we wanted to have that experience, that single-player experience in an MMO. So the way we did it was we went with kind of like a Guild Wars thing, and we made our wildernesses in sessions of eight players, and then we made our cities MMO completely. So it gave that aspect that you were yeah. you were playing a co-op game. I in... just I remember like there being issues with like well what if you have this puzzle and somebody solves it and then it just they solved from then on like no one else can come and push these blocks again and solve the puzzle again that doesn't make sense but you know like how do we do you reset the puzzle that doesn't make sense either and eventually like everything just started making sense and we 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 started putting pieces together it solved the puzzle problem solve the problem of when should a boss respawn how do you deal with people who put one hit on a boss and then get the quest for killing it when other people were actually doing the fighting you know all this kind of stuff we were like this is real problems but it really doesn't doesn't seem like 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 it works as well offline so we eventually found the solution with the wildernesses and the cities and it kind of all fit together and seems perfectly sensible now and i think another huge problem we had was the fact that we wanted a single player story feel to the game as well it wasn't just about the the gameplay but it was also about the storyline and we really wanted a, a strong storyline throughout the game and now we're making an mmo and you're sacrificing the storyline right like when you think about an mmo everybody's like oh well you know it's just free play you level up your character and apparently there's some war that has been going on and it's never going to end because that's that's how mmos work but <laughs> but you know I was like, no, 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 like, we got to have a storyline. And that was one of the the biggest problems we had until we just somehow, Alan was genius and just came up with this, this system of campaigns that weren't, they were like huge quests that players could go on. And then we were like, oh, we could tie a storyline into this. And it's like competitive quests. And I don't know, it's a really interesting system that I think we're tackling a problem that a lot of game designers actually don't have to tackle because they never thought of something like it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Cell uh, asks, what game, or I mean, what age are you planning on targeting? Oh, uh, man, range. this is a good one. So, our target demographic is kind of large, but um, it, it does it, it does cover, like, a lot of ages for specific reasons. Like, if it, I say from, like, 10 to, like, you know, 10 and up. You know, mainly 10 to 20, like, 20s in your 20s, because... Whenever you would feel comfortable playing a game, basically. <laughs> yeah, because eventually you just, you're like, oh, I got I got work to do, you know, I got bills to pay. <laughs> I need to play Bejeweled if I have free time. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, enough about parents. So, going back to, like, the 10-year-old age, the reason I say that is because when you look at the game, you get a lot of, a lot of learning experience in the game, like... You learn about how shapes work together, and that's one. Of, that's something <laughs> mm-hmm. that you, it's great to teach a child. So, I mean, although the game is going to be like really gory, that that's something <laughs> that's something that you can turn off, and your parents can, you know, monitor that for the child. So, like, it can go down to like ages like ten, 
like where kids not to mention there. that on the surface, like if you look at the game now, it's absolutely beautiful. It looks like a cartoon that you would expect to see in a kids movie. But as once we add hunting and you see the hunting, you'll see why you would want to turn the gore off <laughs> uh, for the youngsters. It's not going to be an option yet, though, because no. it's going to have to force it for a little while. Celsius just said that he's going to buy it only for that lion, and I want to know which lion he's referring to. <laughs> Come on, Cell. Type it. <laughs> Awkward. All right, well, while we wait for him to answer, that snail has a question. Looking at the game, it seems that the puzzles require other players to progress. How do you plan on building that initial player base? Ah, so... This is this is kind of a, a big aspect, a, another design issue that we had to overcome. Um, so teamwork was the base ever since I was making the game. Um, and we decided that, you know, this eight-player session kind of system, well, it's going to, with the way we deliver, like, parties and the way players set up for parties, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make them want to work together. It's, it's not necessarily that we're going to make it so you have to work together even in some cases we will but it's more about encouraging the players to walk to work together and, and that and that's kind of like the design uh yeah we chose to say. and the great thing is that like the game i think in my opinion even if you don't go out and do amazing things there's like you can stay in an isolated area not isolated as in like you're by yourself but to the point where you can't get very far without having a team but there is a lot of playability to yourself. So the way I, I put it, there's fun to be had for a solo player. There's just not as much progression unless you're in a team. As you have, sort of the theme is you have to not the theme, but one of the themes is you you have to work together to actually get things done. But you can still you know go out and battle solo. You can you know do all the sorts of things, crafting, um, starting shops, anything you want can be done solo. But the idea is. As as more people start coming in and doing these solo things, they're going to realize if we all chipped in, we could do this bigger thing that we've never really figured out how to do before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like think about it as if you were playing a game by yourself and you had all these abilities that you could do, and then what we did was we took you and we split you up into three different pieces, basically like nine different pieces. Now that we have the races. So it's like Racist. it's like you need to go <laughs> you need to go find your other abilities, you know what I mean? So it's not necessarily about like, oh, let me work with this other guy because he's also good at fighting. It's more like, oh, well, I'm not very good at doing puzzles because I'm more about combat. So let me go find a guy who's good at puzzles so that I, you know what I mean? Like so that you mm-hmm. can build up your team and go out in the wilderness. Yeah, so that's been kind of one of our actually kind of an interesting problem is that we have a commitment to, um, you know, everyone, there's no class system, right? You don't start the game and say, I'm going to be a battle mage, but you do start the game with a character, and then you, what we do is, even though you start with this open field of things to become, you kind of uh, make yourself, you slowly and slowly get more specific to what you want. You specialize, which is not the best term to use because it's in the game, but you slowly become more, more concentrated on what you actually are doing. And um, that at that point, since you have a select set of skills, you will have to rely on other people who have different select set of skills to handle multiple issues while you're adventuring. Mm-hmm. All right, um, we're gonna try to wrap this up pretty quickly. Um, basically, I guess we could take like, do you want to like, if they have like another question, we could probably answer one more question, okay. or if you want another question from you, Brett. Um, I I actually had a question, and then we're gonna 
transition to something that a lot of the IRC members want to talk about. Um, okay. So, what are you guys planning on doing before our next checkup, which will probably happen end of uh, May, beginning of June? What What are your plans for, until then? Okay, well, from an overreact point of view, not necessarily completely a Shabian's <laughs> tale, I mean, we're going we're we're to have things for our Kickstarter out, so... That's definitely going to be something that we're working on, and we should have by the time we're in your your interview should be, mm-hmm. or this next checkup should actually be the end of our funding. Mm-hmm. So if, if if everything falls through, that's going to be the biggest thing to talk about probably. Perfect. And then we're also going to have the release of one point two is kind of planned during this next chunk. Um, so one point two will get polished and released, and hopefully we have a good party for that one. Awesome. All right. And over on our IRC, a bunch of the members are working on this game called Arcoria. A-R-C-O-R-I-A. And from what I understand, it is another online game. It uh, takes place on a website, so it's more of a browser game. And it's, um, I believe it's MMORPG, right? Oh, okay, yep. It's a work in progress. And a lot of the people have been telling me to talk about it on the radio show, but every time they either remind me, well, we're in the middle of an interview, or, well, I'm wrapping up the show, so, uh, sorry that it's taken me so long to actually talk about it. <laughs> but they said that they have 178 people, um, in the beta right now. It's, uh, there's player versus player. I'm not, I don't know too much about the game, but it seems like it's all just uh, clicking on stuff, right? We sit here and wait for people to send us stuff in the chat. <laughs> uh, Sir says yes. So, um, <laughs> says it sounds like Facebook. <laughs> um, but the uh, game is you know, text and uh, mouse-orientated, so a lot of it is text, and a lot of it is clicking. I don't know how else to put it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's being worked on by quite a few people, so um, I like the name. It sounds cool. And... Oh, Sir says he broke a mouse over it. And hopefully there will be some more uh, attention given to it and that it can get some recognition, because it definitely does seem like a cool thing. You guys are programming it with PHP, correct? Sit here and wait. Uh, yes, he said PHP, uh, sir. said that. And uh, how many people exactly do you have on the team? Uh, I also know that you guys are using some MySQL stuff. Oh, well, sir, I... I gotta read the question, process it in my head, and then say it, and then my internet puts it to it, and then you get the radio, so maybe it's not slow internet, maybe it's just time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just being stupid. Sir <laughs> <laughs> sure said he thinks that there's seven members, and Neotalon says 15 to 18. Oh, Sal says that I'm just slow. That, that works. Bread OS isn't exactly the fastest operating system out there. Alright, uh, is there anything else you guys would like us to talk about with uh, dealing with the Corea before we move on to our credits? 
sit and wait. Alright, Sir said to uh, just go play the game. Uh, it's available on Acoria.net, right? .com, .net. Okay. .net. Okay, it's A-R-C-O-R-I-A dot net. They also have a Twitter, at Acoria Dev. Do you guys, by any chance, have a uh, Indie Burst yet? <coughs> <laughs> Oh, by the way, Alan and Connor, you guys have an IndieBurst account, right? <laughs> Indeed. 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 All right. Well, if you guys want to follow them, Connor, you're at Bandit, I believe, right? Yep. And Alan, you're at Fourth Dimension. Mm-hmm. Four T H Dimension. <laughs> Spelled with capital D, yeah. And then their project. Dimension without an S, by the way. It's with oh, a yeah. T. Oh, very important. Just so you know, that's really important. <laughs> and then the uh, project is um, AST, right? Just AST? Yep. Perfect. You guys that use IndieBurst should know projects start with a exclamation point instead of a at. All right. <clears throat> well, uh, thanks for being on the show, guys. You know, it's always nice listening to you guys talk about yeah. uh, AST. Yeah, man, that's always mm -hmm. fun. <laughs> yep. Uh, when are you guys having your next little open uh, thing where we can play the game? Uh, it's, it's online. Yeah, oh. it's always up now. But awesome. um, we we do let everyone know. We take it down for a couple hours before we put a demo up, a new or a big patch, <laughs> a big yeah. update up. So when 1.2 is on its way out, we will get the message out and we will set up a new party. But yeah, it's you can always play. Just oh, kinda, that's the way anyone on. One important thing for the server, anyone who is interested in playing, um, according to EST's time, at 3 a.m. we restart the server because we were having some memory issues. I'm going to talk to you about that, Alan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're going to try to resolve those. Just so you know that if you're online, the server will be restarted and you have to just get on again. So gotcha. that's basically it. All right. All right, man. Yep. All right, thanks for having us. Yep, no problem. Thanks. Right. Um, we will be putting on the Twitter uh, the link for the demos when they do release them. So if you're interested in trying out AST, just either go try it out at their website or uh, wait for the new demo to come out, and we'll obviously post it on there, and we'll also post it on our Indie Burst, which if you haven't signed up yet, you should check it out. It's IndieFunction.com slash Burst. It's an indie game development social network created to help indie developers market their games and interact with their fans. It's a lot like Twitter in the sense that it's microblogging, but it's also a lot more complex and definitely indie game orientated. Alright, next up is our credits, and I'll start right after this music break.
Thank you for listening to broadcast number 25 of Indie Radio. This broadcast was broadcasted live with 1,000 mics and was recorded using Audacity. All music was found on Newgrounds, coming from Nemesis Theory and Three Clicks Philip. Thank you again for listening in, and we hope to have you be a part of the next broadcast, which will be April 28th. The interview is not confirmed. We have a few people that might be on it, so you'll have to stay tuned over the next two weeks and find out who it is. Have a good weekend.